Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So Andy Reid has his Super Bowl. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. And the Chiefs, they got their first title in 50 years. Happy for their fan base. Long-suffering. They got their title. And the Niners, man, you had a 10-point lead. Did they celebrate after that second interception or what? The whole defense running to the back of the end zone. They were sure they were going to win. Sure they were going to win. Had two picks in the third quarter to kill both those drives. Actually, one in the third, one in the fourth, I guess. And those are the Chiefs' only two drives to that point in the second half. They had five drives, two picks, and then three touchdowns. I don't know. I guess it depends if you count the last one when they ran out the clock and kneeled down. Which I guess some people are counting because it wrecked the rushing total for Patrick Mahomes. He had 44 yards rushing, which was over the number. And he lost 15 yards on three carries kneeling down and ended up at 29. Um... I don't want to be too unsympathetic, but I, I guess that's what you get if you bet on that kind of stuff. That stuff always strikes me as crazy, but whatever. For the Chiefs, heck of a performance by Mahomes. He threw the picks. He looked a little gun shy. He was under throwing balls. He wasn't hitting guys in stride. He wasn't giving them a chance to make big plays after the catch, which is a signature of the Chiefs' uh, offense. They've got a ton of speed, obviously topped out by Tyreek Hill, but other guys are fast too. Damon Williams is fast. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he can run for yards after a catch. I mean, they got a lot of they got a lot of guys who can make big plays, but when they're diving and coming back for balls and leaving their feet, it's not going to happen. It just didn't look like they had anything going, and then sure enough, they scored three touchdowns in the last eight minutes. I thought a big part of it was they went hurry up, and a combination of it being late in the game and the D-line getting tired, and then the fact you, you got no time to breathe in between snaps, it gave them just enough time to get balls off downfield, and they hit on a 44-yarder on one drive and I think a 30-yarder on another, and boom, quick, quick strikes, didn't need long drives, got the big plays, and it changed everything. It was funny because I thought Mahomes was the better quarterback and picked the better quarterback to win the game, and I picked Kansas City, but I knew the Niner defense was good, and 50 minutes in, when the Niner defense is celebrating, I'm thinking, I guess they got these guys. And sure enough, Mahomes gets up off the mat. Just can't help but wonder if we're looking at one of the all-time all-timers. Is this guy going to win a bunch of them? He's got one young. He's got a lot of talent around him. And you never know what can go wrong, especially in a sport where injuries gut teams and salary caps and free agency and guys chase money and it tears them apart. But holy cow, Mahomes looks good. He looks so good. All right. We can talk more Super Bowl later this morning. We got to talk some basketball. We got the best of the Jazz post game coming up. As the Jazz lose again, that's four in a row. They're just giving up way too many points. You just can't keep running out there giving up 120 points. Uh, they've done it 10 times this year and they've gone two and eight. So that's Plan B. They're a pretty good team if they hold somebody under 120. Uh, and then also this weekend, the youth lose at UCLA. They just. They were within four and nine minutes to go, and they give up a 17-2 to two run. I guess that's an immature young team on the road, and UCLA's not all that. They're just not that good. But they put the 17-2 run on the Utes and got the win. The Aggies, they had the lead, and then San Diego State came out in the second half, and it's Kawhi Leonard's jersey retirement, and the place is going nuts. And all they needed was a little bit of a run, and the place erupted. They went crazy, and the Aggies were swamped. Uh, let's get to the best of the Aggie postgame show. 
Scotty G with uh, Sam Merrill after the game. Post-game show continues on. Sam Merrill, kind enough to join us, ended up with 16 points, also dished out 12 assists with five rebounds. Sam, it's a game of runs in this one, and uh, you guys played so well in the first half. Uh, second half, you know, you, you worked so hard to keep Flynn under guard, Fagan, and it was Matt Mitchell who's the, the guy that ended up uh, ended up getting you. Yeah, and uh, a lot of credit to him, obviously. He hit a ton, a ton of shots, um, but... I think we gave him a couple shots that we didn't need to, um, and that let him get in rhythm, and he's a rhythm player. So um, played really, really well. I thought we did for the first half and uh, just struggled. Had some guys struggle with their pressure a little bit in the second half, and uh, um, you give up 49 points in any half. That's not yeah. good enough. What was uh, what was working for you in the first half? Um, I think we were just playing with good pace. We got Nimi Nimi touches. I think he had seven shot attempts in the first half, only one in the second. So that, I mean, that's got to be higher. He's got to get more. But uh, you know, we got some of the open shots that we've had that we've been getting. Yeah. Um, and we knocked him down in the first half. In the second half, we didn't make as many. Uh, Brock seems like he's starting to turn a corner a little bit offensively. Seems like the shot's starting to fall. He had 15 points on the night tonight. Yeah, he shot it well. Um, and that's obviously that's going to be big for us going forward. If we want to get to where we have to go, Brock's got to keep making shots like he has been. Um, Diogo's got to make shots. Abel's got to make shots. So um, that's a good step. I got the sense from this team. Obviously, there's a lot of work to go, but I got the sense from you guys walking off the court. You want a you want a third game against these guys? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, obviously, like you said, there's a long way to go, and we have to grow and and get much much better. Um, we have a big week ahead of us with two teams that yeah. beat us earlier in the season. So. Um, like we've said, I said it all the time preseason, we want to be at our best in March. Yeah. And obviously you want to be good right now, and I think we're a pretty good team. Um, but we just got to keep getting better and keep working and um, try and separate ourselves, and hopefully we will see them again. I know I know the, the loss is tough to swallow, but you feel like, you know, I'll go back from the Nevada game and that bye week and then moving forward, it seems like you guys are playing much better. Do you get that sense that you guys are heading in the right direction overall? Yeah, we had been. Um, those last five games, if you exclude, obviously, the, the ending yeah. at Boise, we had played really, really good basketball for five straight games and, and a half tonight. Yeah. Um, but it's a 40-minute game, and um, we played about probably 27 good minutes, and that's not quite good enough. Hey, appreciate it, man. Okay, thanks. thanks, Scotty. Now let's listen in to head coach Craig Smith and his postgame comments. Joining us now, Craig Smith, head coach of the Utah State Aggies. Um, great first half. 49 points in the second half, though, against this team. And uh, it's going to be hard to win any game. You give up 49 points and a half. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I thought we played a really, really good first half. And um, and you knew they were going to make a run. And, and um, you know, they made some plays. Uh, Matt Mitchell was really, really good tonight. And, and he's a good player. And he can get it going quickly. Yeah. He's kind of like the microwave a little bit. But... You know, at the end of the day, you give up 49 points, and we scored 29, and I didn't think we handled their pressure very well. You know, you could see, you know, we talked about it at halftime, that last three, two and a half to three minutes of the first half, they were trying, they were picking yeah. us up more, really ramping it up, and uh, into the second half, I'm not sure we handled it very, some costly turnovers, just on simple elbow entries of running, what we were trying to run one of our better sets that we score a lot on, and we couldn't deliver that pass, and and so, you know, we got to tighten up, we got to be able to handle pressure better uh, and, but it, and then and make some stops you yeah, know certainly yeah. but to give up 49 points it was a great environment what a college basketball game very difficult place to play uh, on any night and then certainly tonight there was a lot more juice in here but 
thought when we got that lead, you know, we were able to play from front, which was key tonight. We responded. We got down early, but yeah. we stayed the course and made some good plays. But uh, at the end of the day, just too little, too late. It just go, you know, it just goes to show the margin of error on this team because you know there's a play where Mitchell gets the ball on that left wing and and Justin just kind of slips for a moment and and that gave you know if he gets there on time he for, probably forces a pass out of it but that just gave Mitchell a little bit of space hit the three and then it was off the races after that yeah when he gets it going like that he and he's a load he's a matchup problem he's right there he's six five you know whatever two thirty five and he's um, or more two forty and uh, he's uh, he's a tough one for our fours to guard yeah but then you put a guard on him and he can just big boys you and overpowers you and um and he's a load but their whole team you know I, I thought we did a great job the first half I think we gave up one offensive board in the first half gave up five all to Yanni Wetzel uh the tip dunk that they had was a big one yeah and then um um and then we just got to be able to guard the ball better I thought yeah. they got downhill on us where he had to over rotate and find a way to, and then we got to obviously on the offensive end tighten some things up and find a way to score Nimi need to get more touches the first half he gets seven shots the second half you got to credit their post defense I thought they did a better job um you know, we run a few plays for them, and we're not able to get it to them on time on target, uh, or they foul. Now we're taking it out of bounds, and so anyway, you know, it's a tough, tough night. Certainly, um, there's some things that we're doing really, really well, but we just got to keep getting better. They're a heck of a team. They're undefeated for a reason. Uh, there's a reason they're the only undefeated team in the country and ranked in the top five. So, uh, but our guys expect to win this game. We expect it to come in here and and take care of business. So, um, you know, we'll have a day off, and now we got a huge week next week with. Um, two teams that took care of us earlier in the year in UNLV on Wednesday and Boise State on Saturday. And and again, big stretch there uh, against, you know, it's kind of revenge week coming up uh, with those two teams. But, but, you know, the thing is that really stood out to me is, you know, when you play a team like this, you know, uh, you look at uh, – uh, Flynn went off early, and, and you reeled him back in. Fagan played really well at the end of the first half, but you were able to withstand that. It's just there's so many weapons here that everybody's got to be on the same page because if anybody slips up, then they've got multiple guys here that can make you pay. Yeah, they make you pay. I mean, players make plays, and 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 it, we've always said it, and we said it last year when we were winning. Yeah. You know, and we're still winning. We're 17 and seven, but obviously we want to be better in league at you know whatever our record is, six and five, and so we got to be able to make plays and and. And, uh, and and obviously as coaches we got to put them in a position. But you're right, they they do. They got a lot of guys. I mean, they got. I mean, they're they're pretty stacked. Yeah. So you're you're kind of picking your poison um, with some things, right? And and um, you know, like you said, with the slip. But then we overhelped a few times. And you know, Flynn is just such a dynamic guard, and Fegan's a dynamic guard. Yeah. And they just make the right plays off of those screener rolls, whether it's the attack, hit the roll guy um, early. They hit the roll guy, and I thought we really adjusted. We got more active with our hands, created some turnovers. Um, and then they started hitting that throwback guy with the two side. And a couple times it was Bean that was overhelping. And now you're closing down, and Mitchell yeah. starts feeling it like that. And that's a, a difficult proposition. So um, they're good. We're good, too. Like, I, yeah. I just know we're uh, even after a difficult loss like this, I, I feel like we're trending in the right way. We're going to have a very difficult battle against UNLV. Um, with some things, we're going to have to tighten up our uh, how we handle the ball, certainly in some yeah. decision making. So uh, this one certainly hurts. It stings. It always hurts. We're not light on losing. Um, 
But we've got to bounce back. We've got seven games left, and, and we can make a, a major climb here in the league standings, and then we're going to have to find a way in, in – um, you know, in the conference tournament to do some damage. Well, obviously, you got a long way to go, but you know, in talking to Sam earlier, Sam, I think wants a wants another round with these guys. So, well, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get there with these guys, and you know, depending on all the seating goes and all that stuff. But we got to we got to just keep getting better. There's four weeks left of the regular season. We just got to keep on climbing and play our best basketball at the at the at the right time of year, and that's in March. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, thanks, Scotty. Talk to you later. There are the Aggies after they lose at San Diego State. we got the Cougars after their big win over St. Mary's. That's coming up later in the hour. But we're going to check in on the Best of the Jazz post-game show next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. So the Utah Jazz get beat in Portland. Rough road trip, huh? They'd had a bunch of these three-game road trips, and they looked great. They were 10-2 and in their last 12 on the road. And honestly, no one sustains that. And the Jazz found that out. They lost not once, not twice, but all three games on this trip. San Antonio, Denver, and Portland. And two of the three have losing records. Denver's got the winning record, but San Antonio and Portland don't. So, rough trip for the Jazz. Four straight losses because they blew that game at home when Houston was missing three starters. And now, by the way, there's stories out there saying Clint Capella is being shopped. That he signed for 16, 17, 18 million bucks for like the next two and a half years or so. And uh, Houston thinks they need an upgrade. You know, they were, they were kind of uh, stuck down there in the 5, 6, 7 race with Dallas and a little in front of Oklahoma City. And now, with Houston getting hot a little bit and the Jazz and the Nuggets taking some losses. It doesn't match up perfectly in the standings because it played a different number of games, but if you look at it, it's just one loss from each spot. You know, one loss from second to third, one loss from third to fourth, one loss from fourth to fifth, and the Jazz are in fourth place right now. One loss to sixth, one more loss to seventh. So they kind of gotten bunched up here in a real hurry. And the Jazz, you know, four-game losing streak isn't the end of the world, as PK loves to point out. That's what the Lakers had in December. They took their fourth straight loss to the Clippers on Christmas Day, and then they went on a big win streak. If you sandwich the four-game losing streak with a seven-game win streak and a nine-game win streak, it turns out you went 16-4 and four over 20 and that's the 80%. And that'll work. That's a 65-win pace if you sustain it. So Jazz has got to turn it around. And I like the way the schedule stacks up for them here. they got three days off. They can rest. They can practice. They can go really hard today. Wouldn't surprise me if they had a long, hard practice today. But Quinn Snyder might want more film work than actual time on the court. I don't know. They don't, they don't let us in until practice is pretty much over. You guys are, like, doing, you know, shooting free throws or something or three-pointers, and we come in. But... Uh, It'll be interesting to see. They got some time to practice. They got some time to rest. And they got Denver coming in, and Denver's on the second night of a back-to-back. They're playing Tuesday and Wednesday, and the Jazz are playing Wednesday. So this is the Jazz chance to snap that streak and get rolling again and play better before the All-Star break. Because as Donovan Mitchell pointed out, it'll be a bleepy All-Star break. 
if they don't get the defense figured out between now and then. All right, here is the best of the postgame show on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Sure, Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Jazz have now lost four consecutive games. They lose Saturday night to the Portland Trailblazers, 124-107. to And Damian Lillard was certainly the star of this one. 51 points, 17 of 29 shooting, 9 of 15 from three. He also had 12 assists as uh, the Blazers, uh, particularly there in the second half, uh, just light up the Utah Jazz as they Lillard in particular has been red hot certainly, but uh, the Jazz had no answer defensively. They were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 25 points on 11 of 21 shooting. Conley and Bogdanovich both had 22 apiece. Conley had 19 in the first half, only three in the second half, and those came in the fourth quarter. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. What were some of the challenges you guys faced with that tonight? Well, he, he's the player, particularly that's playing at a level um, where you, you you have to react to him and what he's doing, and um, we just didn't execute the things that we were we were wanting to do. And um, there were times in the game when we did, um, you know, and they still may score at some point. Um, but our execution defensively um, has to be better. It has been. I think it will be. Um, but that level of focus when you're doing something that's um, you know, less comfortable or less habitual, and um, when you play a player like that, um, you, know, you have to bring your level up to that. And if, he, if he scores, he scores. Um, but tonight he scored and he had assists. Um, he was able to do what he wanted. And um, you know, I, I believe we're better. Um, and we've got to demonstrate it. And whether we've got to work on things, there's always things you can work on. Um, but right now, you know, you feel that. I think our team feels that. And we'll respond. How often have you seen a guy going like Lillard is right? Um, he, he, it's a unique. You know, I'm sure there's not very often. You know, I'm sure you could point back to things. Obviously, tonight. Um, you know, resonates because it just it just happened um, to us, and um, you know, so you have to try you know, to do something to slow him down. And, and right now, his ability to attack is is better than and tonight. It was it was us. That, you know, our ability to execute against him. You're not going to guard him with one guy. You mentioned that the effort level on defense is not where it has been to what do you I don't I don't know that it's effort as much as it is execution and um, it requires more mental effort to execute um, you know particularly when you're doing something that's that's not um, you know, that you that it's not habitual that you haven't done as frequently um, but I you know I think the key right now when you play a player like that those are the situations that are going to present themselves you know you play against a great player who it can come you know it can come in as an adjustment you know in a on a hot night um, when, it, when someone's doing something then all of a sudden you have to you adjust and I think to, to do those things um, you know you'd like to think if you worked on it you know you'd be better at it, but oftentimes, you know, that opportunity doesn't present itself, and then it requires guys to be more connected and more committed and, and more urgent, and, you know, that's the stuff that you need to kind of link you together in order to defend a guy like that. They had uh, 
12-0 run in the first quarter, 15-0 in the second, 13 in the in the third. Yeah. Is, does that does stopping those earlier fall under the umbrella of that, or, or is it um, there, the, you know a couple? You know when you when there are runs like that, um, you know there's usually some common threads, and then. You know, there's usually some things that in, in each case, but I mean, they scored, I don't know, it was 30, 30 every quarter. So there wasn't, you know, there's been times when, you know, we've improved as the game goes on. Um, but, you know, with a couple stretches, we, we came out playing very well offensively. Um, you know, we had a, a stretch where we had some open looks. We, I, I don't know what we, I think we were 7 of 21, you know, in the paint at the rim. Um, so that doesn't, that doesn't make it easier. Um, you know, because you, now you put even more pressure on your defense. But you know, you're not always gonna you're gonna miss shots, and, um, at least at certain ports in the game. And that's when your defense has to be even more sound, so that you don't get those types of runs. Mike scores 19 in the first half, mm-hmm. uh, slows down a bit after halftime. But what did you yeah. see out of him tonight? Well, I think you saw Mike Conley, and uh, it's been a that's who he is, you know. And, um, he's worked hard to get healthy, and you know there's still some th- things from him from a minute standpoint that are being worked through because you, you want him to continue to to be healthy. And but you saw a guy that you know, sometimes when you go through a lot, you get to a point and you, you know you just say heck with it, I'm just going to play. And you know I thought even early in the game, you know they were trying to post him up and he battled and. You know, that's who he is. I think also who he is is a guy that's not thinking about himself right now. He's thinking about the other guys in the locker room and what we. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder, obviously not happy with the defense and uh, talked about how they can work on it all they want, but they need to go out there and, and execute and play hard. And they certainly had trouble staying in front of anybody in a trailblazer uniform on uh, Saturday night. Let's now let you hear from Mike Conley. The breakdowns tonight occurring. Um, you know, really just communicating, you know, the pick and roll. I mean, you get a guy like Dame who's on the kind of run he's having. Um, you need to be loud. We need to be, you know, assertive and just, you know, precise on our on our execution defensively. And we just didn't do that uh, consistently enough tonight. Um, let them get going, and it's tough to, you know, it's tough to beat a team when you got a guy guy playing like that. Yeah, how do you feel about where you guys are at right now and it, kind of the opportunity to take the challenge you've been in this position before and to regroup? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, there's no there's no panic. You know, there's, there's, a, there's definitely a sense of urgency for us to get better. And uh, <clears throat> we understand that, uh, you know, we're at the point of the season where, you know, you got a few weeks before All-Star break and, and it's the time to, to ramp up. You know, you want to try to go on an All-Star break plan, playing really well. Um, so, you know, we get a couple of days of practice uh, coming up and, you know, just learn from the night, learn from the film. Um, but, you know, just just continue to communicate, continue to try to get better. Quinn was saying that Mike Conley is Mike Conley tonight. That first half for you was great. How did you feel about that? I know it's hard to look at the positive, but that is a positive from tonight. Um, well, I'm happy to be back, you know, just, just out there, you know, playing my role. Um, I feel like you know, I'm, I'm in a good place. I've been in a good place for a while now, just just waiting for the opportunity again. So um, I just feel like it's going to get better. I think the chemistry will get better with our team. And um, the more the more we just play together, the more we just get, get time to, to, to practice and, um, you know, try to get these wins. 
There you go. That was Mike Conley. He had 22 points, 9 of 20 shooting. He had four assists and four rebounds. He was really, really good in the first half. Uh, had 19 first-half points, uh, only three there in the second, and uh, certainly struggled uh, keeping Damian Lillard uh, from scoring, which he pretty much did at will, scoring a game-high 51 points. The Jazz will try to break this streak coming up on Wednesday night. The Denver Nuggets will be in town. That game will tip off at 7. Pre-game begins at 6. All right, there's the best of the post-game show, and we'll see what the Jazz can do when they get back to work. Home Wednesday and Friday this week, and we'll see if they can uh, – Get some wins and get get on a roll and feel a little better about themselves. All right, when we come back, you know there wasn't a lot of uh, wasn't a lot of winning for the locals this weekend with the Utes getting beat and the Aggies getting beat and the Jazz getting beat. BYU nearly lost, but they didn't. They got the win, they got the victory, and they got it in dramatic fashion. And we will get to that coming up next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK and I are going to get to the Super Bowl in just a few minutes. Saw a lot of BYU fans online. Very happy for Daniel Sorensen, the former Cougars Super Bowl champ. Very happy for Andy Reid. He's a Super Bowl champ. Andy Reid's now a first ballot Hall of Famer. When you're sitting on, uh, what is he, like I think sixth in all-time wins, got a couple hundred wins, now he's got a Super Bowl title. And the funny thing is, once you have a title, all the other stuff matters. You know, if you go and you lose the Super Bowl, when John Elway was going, oh, John Elway's 0-1 in the Super Bowl, he's 0-2 in the Super Bowl, he's 0-3 in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but once you win a couple, it doesn't matter anymore. That no longer matters because you got the wins. You know, like Tom Brady, he's been to nine Super Bowls. That's awesome. He's lost three of them. So what? He's won six. Now the nine Super Bowls sounds awesome. The, I don't even know how many AFC title games it is, like 13 or something ridiculous like that. It sounds awesome. That's what Andy Reid's got. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to two. He's been to seven conference titles. Now, all those were a negative because he hadn't won the big one, but now that he's won the big one, those are all a positive, too. As soon as he's eligible, boom, he's into the Hall of Fame. That's, that's a done deal. And for the Chiefs, what a win. We'll get to that coming up. Right now, we want to talk about the other team that had a fantastic win. The uh, football Sunday was very entertaining. The basketball Saturday night, BYU, that was entertaining. Game of runs with St. Mary's started out with BYU up 7-0, and and St. Mary's goes on a 9-0 run, and it was just runs back and forth. You know, one team would get up, one team would get down. It was, it was wildly entertaining. And then T.J. Haas hits a shot with eight seconds left. St. Mary's misses late and uh, right at the buzzer and well, three seconds left, whatever it was. And BYU gets the win. So really good game. Good game for BYU's tournament resume. Obviously, they've now split with St. Mary's. We'll see if they get them a third time. I think we all assume they will in, uh, in Las Vegas. And now what BYU has to do is just take care of business and win the games you're supposed to win. And they 
they've got a chance to beat Gonzaga when they come in, and they've got whatever happens in the tournament semifinals if they win that, the tournament final. And other than that, they got a bunch of games they need to win. They have been on most of the toughest venues now, right? They've been to San Francisco. They've been to Gonzaga. They've been to St. Mary's. You know, this the road ought to be pretty easy. They just need to win. And i got to say that they're giving up an average of about 80 points a game over these last three games, and it makes me nervous because they had not defended like this all year long. They were holding teams to 65 points, some nights to 60 points. This BYU team, with all these seniors and all this firepower, if they hold people to 60 or 65 points, they're winning. They're going to win those games. They've got too much talent. They've got too many options offensively. And they've got too much experience not to win those games. But if they don't defend, if they get into foul trouble and put teams in the bonus and send them to the line and give up points in transition and make it easy for the other guys, then they're beatable. And San Francisco proved that. So got to tighten up the act. But huge win. Huge win Saturday night. And uh, let's listen in to some of the post-game comments now as BYU beats St. Mary's and gets a win for the tournament resume that's real positive. Let's start with the players. Let's start with Yoli Childs and TJ Haas. Oh, man, I got a big day tomorrow. Uh, we're actually heading to the hospital tonight. So, yeah, we'll start the process tonight. It's been a full day of emotions, to say the least. Um, but, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm happy that, you know, we came out with a win. Um, and now I'm going to go have one of the coolest experiences of my life. I'm, I'm really excited. How would you sum up the one you just had? Man, it's just so fun when it's a battle all night. You know, we had a lot of frustration. Uh, they made tough shots all night. And, um, you know, things went our way a little bit. And then, you know, things went their way for a while. And we were just tough all night. And we just continued to battle. And, um, you know, those games, when it's a team win like that, they're, uh, they're so much fun to be a part of. TJ, what do you think of the atmosphere tonight? It's fantastic. You know, and when there's... 50 minutes on the clock before the game, an hour on the clock, and the whole rock is filled. You know it's going to be, you know, a fun night. And uh, when this when this atmosphere is like this, when it's full like this, um, there's really no experience like it that uh, to be able to play out there on the floor. And uh, when you hit a big shot, when you get a big stop, it's uh, when it gets loud like that, it's it's amazing. What was the play call, and is that what you guys wanted? Is a three from you? Uh, we, we called for a high ball screen, and we had Jake um, on the weak side and Yoli rolling. And, um, you know, I had a little bit of space, and so I pulled it. Did you worry you shot it too early well? Was I worried? It was seven seconds. Uh, no, because, you know, we in the huddle we talked about when we were going to start our play, and it was right away. Because um, when you're down like that, if, if you miss, you need, you need time to foul and things like that. Um, so I wasn't worried about time. Come on, man. You can't make this stuff up. Are you kidding me? Before the game, I didn't want to say it to him because I didn't want to jinx him. But I talked to Jesse Wade. I was like, how crazy would it be if he hit a game winner? You can't make it up. It's crazy, man. Like, I don't even know what to say. When I, I remember being in high school and when I committed here, that was the coolest thing. It was He torched me. It was my sophomore year when he torched me in the state tournament. And I was like, I get to play with TJ Hollis for four years. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm the luckiest dude ever. I get to play with this dude. And it's been an unreal journey. And I, I've loved every second playing with him. And I don't know what they were thinking, man. It's the end of the game. We're giving him the ball. And we've already seen it once. We're going to see it a couple more times. <laughs> it's lights out, man. 
two very different views of two very different game winners that this dude's had, the one out in Houston and then here tonight. How do they compare? With which one's better? The one with the four-year on the court probably? Or? No, both are uh, unreal. Just absolutely amazing. But the fact that this dude's having a kid, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. Like, the emotions he's feeling, the stress he has on the court, off the court. That's just the type of dude he is. Like, he's, he's one of the toughest dudes out there. And just to push that all aside and focus in the moment and lock in and fight for his team was unbelievable. He did it all night. TJ Shot's going to get the story, but there's a big rebound down on the other end. Your boy Zach got it, I think it was, right there at the very end. And the block, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, Zach's a monster, man. The, his journey's been crazy from uh, when he broke his foot in the summer to completely change his game for our team. We lose Gav. He knows he has to play the big. He puts on 20 pounds of muscle, and and he'll just come out and fight and do whatever you want, whatever the coach wants to get the win. You know, game's on the line, defensive end. I need him in the game. How big was it when uh, Malik Fitz started getting into foul trouble in this game? It was huge, man. He was having a game. I mean, uh, he's a good player, but that was that was something else. I th I, we were doing a, a pretty good job on defense other than the first couple of threes, but, you know, he was taking and making tough shots, and he was in the zone, and he was feeling it. So, you know, hats off to him. He's a heck of a player, and uh, I'd love to get another shot to play him again. Uh, it was a lot of fun. What were the initial thoughts when you guys saw um, Jake go down and then to see him also come back a few minutes later? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's hard when um, – You've just been through so much as a team, and uh, to see you know one of our brothers go down like that, uh, it's hard to see. But you know we huddled together and we we're like, come on, we gotta we gotta continue to fight for each other. Um, you know, with or without Jake, we gotta we gotta fight. And uh, it was so great to see him come back. And I, I to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised because that's the kind of dude Jake is. Uh, he's just. He's just tough as nails and uh, and brings it every single night. And we needed him tonight, and he came back and uh, had a huge um, boost for us. TJ, were you on your mission when Tyler made a shot to give you guys a two-point lead over St. Mary's and then Della Vidova hit the... No, I, 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 was, I was home. No. Yeah. Did that flash through your mind at all after you? No, I wasn't. I, Why would you bring that up right now? Come on. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about that. What did go through your mind? Uh, to be honest, my son went through my mind. I was like, uh, I don't know. I've just been. I've been thinking about this whole experience um, all day, and you know, right after I hit that shot, I was like, "That's for you, man." And um, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts. You guys don't have any more of these left. So here at the Marriott Center against St. Mary's, which is a rival, is this a memory you guys will never forget? Where does this stack up with some of the ones you made? Oh yeah, it's, you know it's it's up there at the top. These, anytime you can beat uh, a team like that, um, it's a you know super. <clears throat> You know, great building opportunity for us, and you know, gives us a lot of confidence. And um, you know, those ones out there in a in a packed Marriott Center, uh, that's as good as it gets. That was that's up there for sure. That's that's one of the best experiences I've had here. Just like it's like a movie, man. He's, he's thinking about his kid as he hits the shot. Are you kidding me? 
I'm about to tear up, man. <laughs> like, that's so, that's amazing, man. I'm, you guys know I always like to talk. I'm at a loss, man. There are Yoli and TJ's and an update. Uh, TJ and his wife or parents uh, had had a, a baby boy born Sunday. So congratulations to them. Also, congratulations now to Mark Pope. He's doing a heck of a job coaching BYU here in his first year. Let's listen in to his postgame thoughts. Let me tell you, he loved the home court advantage in the Marriott Center. Clearly, uh, clearly we're so happy. T.J. Haas is going to have a baby right now. Think about that. Um, you know, he's, he's literally going to roll out to the hospital and they're going to have this baby in the wee hours of the morning or tomorrow. And um, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for this Yoli Childs. He, he, you know, he was uh, playing with a, you know, there's a moment where we weren't sure if he was going to be able to go today and he just gutted it out and played through it and, and, uh, I'm so happy for this Jake Toulson. Um, you know, it was uh, he, he was terrified and I was terrified. And we heard, uh, the only thing we heard from the medical staff there was maybe some conversation about a tibia or whatever. And uh, it really scared us. And uh, then miraculously, uh, um, he rolls back out and it gave the team a huge lift when he r- ran back into the, into the huddle and, and um, so, uh, and just down the line, this Connor Harding, unbelievable star tonight. What a star this Connor Harding was. And, and with all that said, this St. Mary's team, man, this, uh, this, this Randy is, is um, he's one of the coaches that I admire the most with what he gets out of his team. Um, and it's just amazing. And then you look at what he's done, and you just it's just, it's just beyond believable what he's accomplished at St. Mary's. And this team plays hard, and they're tough. And, uh, you know, I mean, you have a show like Malik Fitz put on. It's, um, it's really an unsolvable riddle. We tried about five different things trying to slow him down, and it was hard. So I'm rambling right now because I'm so happy. So I will stop without cleaning that up and let you guys ask me some questions. You know, uh, uh, we've talked a lot about Zach. I just so feel so happy for these guys. They have been fighting for this for a long time, wanting it, and, and they've they you know, I mean they've it's hard to say. the standard here is so high, right? So they've won a lot of games here, but they have, you know, they they they. They've been frustrated in, in, in being able to kind of get to where they want to go at the end of the day. And you're just seeing these. I, I was so excited about the building tonight. I was so excited. So I actually took some time walking to the building, which I never do. And it looked like the student section was full up to the rafters. And there was great energy in the, in the building. And the reason I was so I was happy for everybody that came because genuinely they get to see these young men that are fighting with, it might not be beautiful all the time, but they're fighting with every bit of their heart and soul and guts and you can't walk out of the building not inspired. You just can't. So I'm just happy that everyone came and got to see it. And this Zach Salius epitomizes that, that kind of fighting competitive spirit where you just do whatever it needs to be and it was appropriate that, that he made the plays. Think about this Zach Salius as a freshman. Who would have thought that you would be subbing him in as the defensive stopper in a huge game in the waning seconds of, of a game and that he would actually get it done? And that's how you, the beautiful thing about watching these players grow. You talk about seniors doing magical things. I mean, where does this moment with Teach kind of stack in terms of the magic you've seen this season from this group? Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, 
But I just I was just leaving the locker room and I just told Yoli, I'm like, hey, this is why you came back, right? And um, you get to experience things that a se- as a senior that are just different. They are. And, and we all, I mean, you guys said it to me, I said to you, seniors are magic. And they just have so much invested and they're so ready. And um, I mean, come on, what a great shot. I'm so happy for Teach. So, I, I mean, I can relate a little bit to the experience. I had one of the best games I ever had at home, Milwaukee Bucks playing against the New York Knicks. And I knew that we were going the next morning to induce because we had three days off. And it was one of the most fun basketball experiences I ever had. It's such a rush. And then you're about to go do like the most epic thing that you'll ever do in your life. And I'm just happy for him. I mean, wow, what a fun way to be able to roll in there. And, I'm excited to recruit this child because this child in the womb has witnessed some some really fun things. It's gonna be ready to go. Was that what you wanted? Is that what you grew up? To well, we you know we got pretty stubborn. We got pretty stubborn with the uh, it's 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 um, it's a pitch wildcat, and we ran it I think four times probably in the last five minutes of the game. And TJ was just doing such a good job getting downhill, and and their ball screen coverage is interesting. We actually call it a St. Mary's cover. I call it a St. Mary's cover for the last like six years because they're there at the point of the screen, but they're in a full retreat. So the big is there to receive the ball, but he's also in a full retreat to kind of take the roll. And so you're playing this downhill game, and so the two lobs that you saw Yoli get were the exact same action. And they, they refuse to give up Jake on the snap. So Jake is coming across. It's kind of a disoriented action where the tag gets really hard because the only guy left to tag is the guy who just made the handoff. It is Jake Toulson. And so, and Tej was doing a great job getting downhill. We turn it over one time, um, but otherwise it was good. And I, I actually, when he pulled up for three, I was, you know, I, I, I was a little surprised, uh, but I'm sure grateful he did it. Players are way smarter than coaches, no doubt about it. Ah, man, you know what? Um, I don't even want to. I, I, this is what I. This is what I want to. Uh, like, there's. First of all, this Malik Fitz. Uh, you know, he put on a show tonight. Like, he was really special. And um, you know, he's 11 for 15, and he's four for six from the three, and 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 so much of it was just all isolation. And he's really talented. He's a tough guard. Uh, so I'm gonna wrap the defensive effort in tonight with our with our fight. I would give our fight 100. I would give our resilience 100%. Um, you can't beat this team unless you are ready to fight and compete through all the good moments and bad moments. So that's a, that's a way for me to dodge the question a little bit. Coach, uh, Jordan Ford had like 13 points in the first three minutes. And My gosh. Like BYU, the team really shut him down. What can you say about Barcelo and Harding? It seemed like they yeah. had the assignment a lot. Well, listen, uh, I haven't even looked at Connor Harding's line yet. Two for three. He's got five points, four rebounds um, in 22 minutes, one assist, zero turnovers. And truly, if you put Connor head, uh, Harding in the headline tomorrow in the paper as the guy that won us the game, you're probably telling the truth. Like you're probably being true. Because we couldn't stop either guy. And then Connor just came in, and unfortunately, there's not two of him. So we could only take one guy at a time. But the, the defensive plays he made down the stretch with, with Fitz were, were huge. They were big time. We couldn't get any stops. Then he gets a couple stops and turnovers. And he was chasing Jordan Ford all, all night long. And, he was really special. He's tough. 
you know, I think I, I probably, you guys probably remember the first day I sat down when I got here. I got here, took the job, and it was maybe a day later, two days later, I had interviews with each of the guys one-on-one, -on -one, like half-an-hour interviews. And I sat down with Connor Harding. And, and, you know, everyone was kind of just trying to feel it out, and I didn't, we had no idea what the roster was going to be. And I sat down with this Connor Harding. He was one of the last guys in the day. It was, it was dark outside, so it was later in the evening. And, um, and he told me, he, he was like, I just want to win. He's just like, I'm, I just want everyone to be fully invested. I just want to win. I don't care what that means. I don't care what I have to do. And, and I, I left that interview. I was like, okay, we're going to be okay. If we get kids in here that it means that much to wear this jersey, we're going to be okay. And, um, and he, 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 he won us a huge game tonight against a great team and a, an incredibly well-coached team. I don't know. I mean, we're just trying to play as good as we can. I, I hope that, you know, uh, you know, I, I think it, it probably, I, I don't know if it helps us metric wise or what. Um, I think it helps us in the conference. Like it works, it, it leaves us in a place where we're still in a, in a place to fight in this conference, which gets me really excited. And, and, um, and, and we protected home court, which is so important. And we're so great. And the flip side of all these people here, me being happy for them, we're really grateful for them because they had a huge part in us winning this game, man. The, 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 our crowd had a huge part in us winning this game. 15,212 people. Thank. Uh, if I had time tonight, I would eat, write each one of them a handwritten thank you note. But I'm a slow writer. Mark, if you could use one word to describe this team, what would it be? Um... Well, tonight the word that we used after the game was belief. So at the heart of this, at the heart of athletics is faith. It, it is 100% at the heart of athletics. It is like the thing you build yourself on as, a, as an athlete. You believe in your teammates. You have faith in them. You have faith in your system and your staff. You have faith in the work that you put in every single day. Because you put all that work in and you cannot get results. And a lot of times you feel like you're not getting results. And you have to have faith in like sticking with it every single day despite the setbacks. And so that was the, that was the word we talked about today in the locker room was belief. And, uh, you know, you ask me tomorrow, I'll give you a different one. There is Mark Pope. All right. We are going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending? PK and I on the Super Bowl, on the Utes, the Cougars, the Aggies, the Jazz, and yes, Tony Finau. Oh, so close. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.